0: So we spent many hours having this discussion, okay? Because we had government clients and that basically meant we did absolutely nothing. Taught ourse- I taught myself how to juggle when I was a consultant and I also figured out what's the very best superpower to have. So if you could have any superpower in the whole wide world, what would it be? How cool would it be to fly? Never have to sit in traffic again. How cool would it be if you had flash kind of speed that you could leave the house literally one minute before you had to get to work and you would be able to make it on time? How cool if you had superhuman strength like the Incredible Hulk or like a wrestler or like your favorite priest, okay? All of these are great superpowers, but let me tell you, after, like I said, I was a consultant for a government contract, so I know the answer to this question. You know what the best superpower is? The best superpower, I don't know, someone said, what'd you say? Healing and regeneration. That's nah, overrated. Let me give you a better one. I came up with this one, and once I said it, everyone in the room agreed, this is the best one. Is that I want the superpower that no matter what anybody says, I always have the perfect comeback. So, you know, when you like, someone says something and you respond and you get home and you're like, man, I wish I would've said that. I want that superpower that no matter what, I'm always just like, yeah, and I stick it to them and I never feel like I regret something. Like that's the superpower that I want. That's a cool superpower, is it not? But as great a superpower as that is, you're stuck on the healing and regeneration, I see, okay? You got offended by by my... Let me tell you about a more realistic superpower that I believe we're going to talk about here in this series, a real superpower that has real superpower abilities that actually is available to everybody. That's available to you and me. No genetic mutation required. No heart-shaped herbs or spider bite needed. A superpower that you and me have access to and it's right at the tip of our fingers. And let me tell you what this this superpower can do before I tell you what it is. I have a superpower that we're gonna talk about here today that can change relationships. Think of the toughest relationships in your life. Of that, you know, teenage son and you're in that teenage son phase or that person at work that you just can't seem to get along with a direct report, or a boss, or a coworker, or whatever it may be, Uh, a mother-in-law, a a stepfather, a, of course, the easy one, of course, which I'm trying to avoid my best to say is the spouse. Okay, hopefully that doesn't fall in that category. But if we're honest, a lot of us have tried to make that relationship work, and we just can't. What if I gave you a superpower, or I talked to you about a superpower that I believe is 89% effective to change relationships? that 89% of people, when they try to use this superpower, find that it can transform relationships, especially those that are the most difficult. The superpower I'm talking about is the superpower of kindness. And that's a superpower that as we'll see here in this series is available to you and me and the results are undeniable. For the next five weeks, we're gonna take a look at this topic of kindness, a series called The Kindness that, the Kind That Breaks. And it's based on this book, all right, which is called The Kindness Challenge. Anyone ever, anyone see this book or read this book? Okay. By a lady named Shanti Feldhand. She's wrote many good books on marriage and relationships and things like that. And in this book, she talks about a 30-day challenge where everyone chooses one person and you choose one person for 30 days and you commit to doing three things for this one person for 30 days. And actually one of them isn't even something to do, it's something to not do. That for 30 days, if you keep these commitments, the results of her research are overwhelming. According to her research, that anyone who tries this this 30 day kindness challenge and does the three things, like I said, one of them is something not to do. 89% of people who did this, and she did this whole national study, 89% saw improvements in their relationship. 46% of that 89 said they saw a general improvement in their relationship and things were better and they couldn't necessarily pinpoint how, but just things felt better. 43% of that 89% said it was a distinct and noticeable difference in their relationship. Let's see the Black Panther do that. Let's see Captain America with all his powers Transform hard relationships, tough relationships, relationships that we prayed about, relationships that we tried, relationships that we went to counseling, relationships that we wish for, relationships that we gave up on. Kindness is a superpower that can do that. Truth of the matter is we all have one, two, three, 16 people in our life that drive us crazy. We all have people in our lives that drive us crazy. We all have people that we don't know what to do with. Well, I'm gonna challenge you for the next 30 days. Actually, it's gonna begin next Sunday and I'll tell you why in a minute. I'm gonna challenge you for 30 days to try this kindness challenge. And what you're gonna see is that you have tried before and it was just kind of like trying my best, like be nicer or try harder. But when we go with the scientific research, okay, of someone who has studied this stuff and we see how it ties in with what Jesus told us in the New Testament and we put these things together, I promise you there's power there and there's effectiveness there that you may not have ever seen before, but you hopefully will see in this series. Let's take a step back, what is kindness? Kindness is a hard word to define. Kindness means be nice, and nice is kind of hard. Kindness means you know do good things, be friendly, smile. Well, I came up with a definition and it's not a, a, a you won't find this definition in a dictionary, but I put it on your handout. It's just kind of my working definition. And I define kindness as being good when someone else is not. As being good when the person is not good or doing good when the other person is not doing good. It means an unconditional goodness towards another person. It means regardless of how you act, I make a decision. I'm going to go do something kind for you. I'm going to be kind to you. It has nothing to do with the response or the behavior or the condition of the other person. I think, for example, of the Good Samaritan. The story of the Good Samaritan was a guy who was a Samaritan, and he helped a, a Hebrew. And the Hebrews hated the Samaritans. They talked bad about them. They called them dogs and pigs. And the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, unconditional, had nothing to do with their treatment of him, decided to help this guy on the side of the road. Nothing was in it for him. In fact, he lost a lot by doing it. That's kindness, to be good when the other person is not. I think of Jesus on the cross. When they mocked him and they crucified him and they yelled at him and they pierced him. And he said, Father, forgive them. Unconditional. It was nothing from their end that solicited his goodness. That's kindness. And if you look at it, think about it. That's everything in our relationship with God. Our relationship with God is based on the kindness of God because we did nothing to deserve it when he's good towards us. Ephesians chapter two, verse four says this. It says, God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, means nothing good. Made us alive. listen now, it gives a list. Made us alive together with Christ. He raised us up together. He made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Kindness is the nature of God. To be good and do good when the person doesn't deserve it. It's who God is at his core. That's why this series has great power potential. That's why I say it is a superpower because we are not trying harder. What we are gonna do in this series, when we take kindness, we're gonna harness the power of God in our life because kindness is who God is. And when we take that kindness, which is God, and we start to apply it, stuff is gonna happen. Give you another verse, Titus chapter three, verse four and five. Again, when the kindness and love of God, our savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. The kindness of God appeared, not because we did anything to deserve it. That's what kindness means. It is who God is at his very nature. Question for you. Kindness today in the world. High, medium, low as a society. How good are we at kindness? I would say kindness is at an all time low. And I'm not a historian, but in my brief life, the few years I've been on this earth, you see that the kindness of us as a society is going straight downhill and it goes there fast. For example, in our society, our culture, we value insults more than compliments. And I can prove it to you. It's called social media. How many times you go on your Facebook, your Twitter, your, your whatever feed, and you see people complimenting those in positions of authority. Or you see people saying, hey, this was great. Or how many times you see people uh, encouraging one another versus what we see is any who's out there in the public, we criticize, we insult. That's easier to do. We value that. You see compliments, you ignore that. You see insults, you hit retweet. We would rather, when it comes to TV and movies, we'd rather see people fight versus people be friendly with each other. Anyone would get excited if they made a show called The Kindest Housewives of Atlanta? Anyone anticipating that coming up anytime soon? In our society, it is easier to see negative than it is to see positive. Let me tell you what Shanti Feldham did, found in her, what she wrote in her book. There's a quote from her book here. Said, people have always had a remarkable capacity for both graciousness and harshness. But today, it seems harshness is more easily let loose. It often seems the more negative a story is the more it gets aired and aired and aired again. We like to know when the celebrities messed up, not when they did good. People routinely post inflammatory comments on social media just to incite reactions, and we all know that one person who complains about everything. Our souls can be fed with so much negativity, grumbling and frustration that we simply become numb. The world today is not conducive to kindness. Kindness is not something that's promoted. We promote a much different set of values than the kindness that we read about in the scripture. We promote a every man for himself. We promote a fight for your rights and don't take no for an answer. We promote a I gotta get mine kind of a life. And here's what I wanna say about that. In so doing, we may be sabotaging our own happiness that in an effort to get mine, and in an effort to fight for my rights, we might be sabotaging our own happiness in the process. Let me give you an example, simple example. Let's say you're irritated with someone. You're annoyed with someone. Your boss, you're annoyed at your boss for whatever he or she did. You're annoyed at your spouse for just being themselves, for being your spouse, okay? You're annoyed at your sister. You're annoyed at your mother. You're annoyed, at, you're annoyed at, at the guy in front of you, okay, in the traffic. Okay, you're annoyed at the guy in the Starbucks who pays in cash, who pays in cash these days. You're annoyed at that guy. You're irritated. You're bothered. And then you decide that you're going to go and tell everyone in the world about it. You're going to go tell your coworkers, this guy is so annoying. Let me tell you how annoying my spouse is. Let me tell you what my, what that so-and-so did. And you go tell everyone in the world about it. And you think about it all day long. And you come home from work and you tell your kids and you go online and you post it on the social media. So-and-so is a jerk. Do you feel better or worse? Is your level of irritation and frustration now higher or lower after complaining about it all day and stewing about it all day? Let's say the opposite. Let's say you get annoyed early in the morning, something your coworker does, and you make a decision. Say, you know what? I gonna think about it all day. I'm not going to tell anyone about it. I'm not going to vent. I'm not going to even tell my spouse about it. I'm not going to post anything online. I'm just going to go on with my day. And in fact, I'm going to go be kind to that person. How would you feel at the end of the day? Better or worse? You know the answer. Because we've all done option A. It doesn't make us feel better. See, this is, when it comes to like my job, this is like marriage counseling 101. This is like the first thing, if you're ever going to counsel anybody in marriage, if you're ever going to counsel anyone who's coming to you with marriage problems, not even counsel, just be a friend. You have to know this following principle, that complaining about your spouse doesn't change anything. Like you sit there and you want to convince me that your spouse is a bozo, and that she is selfish, and that he is a Whatever. Does that change the fact of anything? Does that change anything? Like you sitting there spend 10 minutes, 20 minutes to convince me of how bad somebody else is. Does that change the reality? Does that change anything? No, wrong. It does change something. You know what it changes? It changes you. It makes you more negative. It makes you more discouraged. It makes you more irritable. It makes you more frustrated, more annoyed, it makes you more hopeless about the situation. Because you just spent all this time stewing about it. I said a minute ago, the venting thing. We take a little second right here and talk about venting. We abuse this word venting. There is a time and a place for venting and it is an important thing to get stuff out, but we totally abuse this. And we say, oh, I'm just venting. No, you're not venting, you're complaining. You're taking something and you're making it much, much bigger by your desire to stew about it day after day after day. I understand there's a time we need to vent, but we go way overboard with this sometimes. Or we call prayer requests, pray for me and pray for this. That, that prayer, that's gossip, that's complaining and that's negativity and that only makes us feel worse. Kindness is the exact opposite. Let's see another quote. I've seen a remarkable pattern during the decade of surveying thousands of people about their inner insecurities and needs. A pattern that upends all our ideas about what leads us to thrive in life. This is super duper important. Listen carefully. I've seen what makes us miserable and what lights us up. And as you might guess, it makes a big difference when our needs are being met and when others know how to avoid hurting us. He makes that, like that's important. It makes a big difference when we experience fulfillment at work and love and appreciation at our home. That stuff is important, but listen carefully. But above all, that is one greater... There is, I should be sorry. But above all, there is one greater factor, greater factor than all those other things. Whether we thrive depends far more on how we choose to treat others than on how we ourselves are treated. Boom. How we choose to treat others than on how we ourselves are treated. In fact, when handled well, that one factor often leads to those other things that light us up. Handled poorly, it often leads to misery. Here's our key thought for this series, and I want you to write it down and I want you to remember this all the days of your life. Our key thought for this series I' repeat this every week. Our happiness, our happiness depends far more on how we choose to treat others than on how we ourselves are treated. Our happiness depends far more on how we choose. And circle the word choose, because it is a choice. How we choose to treat others, and how we ourselves are treated. That's kind of the opposite of the way we were led to believe, the way we were raised, isn't it? Like, that's very counterintuitive. We think we're not happy because others don't treat us well. And we had a rough break. But what, according to the research is, the reason that we're not happy is not because of how others treat us, but because how we treat others. And you know people like this. You know people who are satisfied, who are fulfilled, who are doing well in life. And you know it's because of the way they treat others, not the way others treat them. And yes, other people end up being nicer to them, but it's because of the way they treat others. And you also know, I hate to say this, no pointing aloud, you know certain people who no matter what the scenario is, they can find something. Negative. They can complain. They have a reason to talk to the manager in every restaurant. They have a reason to bad review every product they buy. And you know those people. Is it that the world is against them and the way people are treating them or is it a decision on their part? According to Shanti Feldham, the key to our happy place, the key to our happy place in life is a decision that we make to be kind or not kind, to care about myself or to be kind to others who are around me. We're gonna tackle what this kindness means and we're gonna be very specific. All right. Again, I don't wanna talk about kindness in a general way. I wanna talk about three specific things that we're gonna challenge each other to do three things and we're gonna talk each week, we're gonna talk about one of them. Okay, so well, like I'll, I'll go over them quickly right now. But three commitments that we are going to do and one of them is a not do. So really it's only two things to do and one to avoid doing over 30 days. And as I show you these three things, okay, there's gonna be a temptation to say, no, that's too hard. I can't do that with so-and-so. I'm telling you, I told you 89% effectiveness, right? You know where the greatest effectiveness is, where you'll see the greatest results? And those relationships that are most troubling. Like to move a relationship from very good to great, like that's important, okay, and you'll see some. But to take a relationship from down here and to move it up here, that's where you'll see the greatest effectiveness. So don't, don't start off with a defeatist mindset which says this is gonna be too hard. Just stick with me, all right, and let's discuss them and then we'll see here's the three commitments that we're gonna do and they're on your handout. And we'll talk about them, like I said, one week at a time. Nix negativity, practice praise, carry out kindness. The first one is not something to do, but something to not do. We're gonna try for 30 days, this is the hardest of them, to not say anything negative about this person. That's not the hard part. We're going to try not only to not say it, but to not even Think We're gonna do our best to not say or think anything negative about that slob. We're gonna get it all out now today, okay? Or about that, that, that ingrate or about that selfish or about like, get it all out today. Because for 30 days, we're not gonna say anything negative. We're not gonna complain to our spouse. We're not going to, like I said, prayer, request, venting, whatever it may be, for 30 days. We're gonna force ourselves not to say or think anything negative about another person. Number two, we're gonna replace that with something positive. We are going to, for 30 days, find one thing every day to sincerely praise the other person for. We're gonna force ourselves to find something beneficial in, those, in that person, whoever they may be, find one thing praiseworthy. And then third, we're gonna do one act of kindness or generosity every day. And like I said, as we go through the weeks, we'll kind of talk about specific examples of what that could be, okay? It doesn't mean you need to, they're not, it could be something as simple as, hey, she usually makes the coffee in the morning, I'm gonna get up five minutes early and I'm gonna make the coffee. Simple act of kindness. It doesn't need to be anything hard. it's not something that costs a lot of money or a lot of time. It just means, hey, as I'm passing through the office, I say, hey, you know what? I have an extra treat. I won this treat at my church on Sunday. Here you go. Here's my treat from Sunday. Who wouldn't be happy to get a treat on a Monday morning? Like it's just very small, simple things. That's it. Those are our three commitments. Next negativity, practice praise, carry out kindness. And here's the important part to remember. What I say in the beginning, this is 100% unconditional. Meaning, I'm gonna challenge you this week. Okay, your homework assignment for this week is not to do any of these things. But it's to make a commitment that for 30 days, you're gonna do this for one person. Not many people, one person. If you're tempted to say, I wanna do this for both of my children, don't do it for both of your children, do it for just one. Okay, because you will find the greatest impact when you focus and hone all your kindness on one person. And then after those 30 days, hopefully it's moving, then copy and paste and do it with the next one. Okay, but what I'm saying is, don't divide up your energy amongst many people. Choose just one person. 30 days, you commit to this. You're gonna do it regardless of how they respond. They may not be nice back. They may not be kind to you. They may not even say thank you. They may not even notice, but you are committed to for 30 days, you are gonna keep this commitment up. I said earlier, 89% of the relationships that tried this saw improvement, but 89% did not see improvement in the first week. The 30 day challenge. And the more dysfunctional your relationship is, the more you need to be patient. Like you've been messing up a relationship for 30 years, not gonna get fixed in 30 minutes. We need to be committed to doing it, even when there's no response, even when there's a negative response. That's why kindness is superpower. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not one of those things that's easy to do. If you're committed, it's gonna cause you to truly be Christ-like. And just so you know, the first one I told you, I think that's the hardest one. I thought about this because I read the book Okay, and I started to you know, examine myself and I said, oh, the negativity one. Oh, that's easy. I'm not a negative person. I'm honest, but I'm not negative. I'm just a very honest person. Like I, this should be easy. In when we'll talk about this and we get to negativity. Negativity just doesn't mean just saying like, you're an idiot. There's seven kinds of negativity that we'll talk about. And one of them is exasperation. You know what exasperation is? Ugh. That's a form of negativity. And I realized, you know what? I may never say to my children, you guys are idiots. I would never say that. But I actually do say that. When they come to me and I'm like, "Uh," or the eye roll, "Uh," You all know, we all know an eye roller, "Uh." That's a form of negativity that pretty much says you're an idiot. We'll talk about that when we get to that. But my point is to say, is when we do this thing the right way, what you're going to realize is you may not be as kind a person as you think you are. We all think we're kind. But what you, may be, what you may realize is when you go into depth with this is that who you think you are and the reality, there's a gap. Better, what you say you want for this relationship and what you're actually doing, there's a gap. What you're doing is not working towards what you say you want. You say you want peace. You say you want closeness, but what your behavior is not working towards this. We're going to fix that in this series. And if we can figure this out with one relationship, we can change that relationship. We can change a home. We change an office, we change the world. Maybe we try to change White House, Congress, that kind of area, but we'll leave that for now, okay? But that's a superpower. The other thing that you'll see, which I'll talk about at the end, is one of the things that we'll do is we'll sign up. There's an email list, okay? If You'll, you'll go to stsa.church kindness. You'll be able to sign up for an email from the author, okay? Anyone who like does this challenge, they have like 30 days of emails that will give you tips or ideas. The tips or ideas are not instead of these three, they're on top of the three. So you're gonna do these three every single day. And then it'll give you like a tip, say, hey, you know what, maybe today you could whatever. Or maybe today, you know, pray for them in this kind of way. And there's email lists for, if you can do this for your spouse, if you can do it for a child, if you can do this in, at work, like there's different ones specific, but we'll get to that uh, when we get there. Bottom line, kindness, not easy but absolutely worth it. That's what Jesus told us right here, Luke 6, 35. You didn't realize how many verses on kindness in the New Testament, did you? But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great. Your reward will be great, says Jesus. You will be sons of the most high because he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Now, now that we understand what we're gonna try to do, Jesus said, great reward. We realize it's the power of God in our life. Let me tell you three real quick superpowers that come with kindness. Kindness is one of those superpowers that comes with many other superpowers, okay? So you get this, 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 this thing called kindness, you start doing it, and you'll start to see other superpowers coming at you, and we'll go along the ways of Superman right here for some of them. Number one, kindness, when you do it right, makes you bulletproof. Kindness makes you bulletproof. Think of a situation that annoys you. Think of a person that frustrates you or irritates you. Let's say it's, you know, your mom lectures you day after day after day. It drives you crazy. Or let's say your boss sends you an email at, you know, 5 o'clock p.m. He knows that you want to leave and he sends you an email. He needs for, like drives you crazy. Or, you know, when you're, you're, you're driving and the merging and then that guy who goes on the shoulder till the very end and pretends it was an accident, but you know it wasn't an accident. Think of a situation that just drives you bonkers and you want to do something about it. Whatever pushes your buttons, whoever pushes your buttons, think of that as an emotional bullet that people fire at you and can cause damage. That driver can cause damage. That mother can cause damage. That, 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 uh, balls can cause damage. Those are emotional bullets. Kindness makes those bullets bounce right off. The I'm rubber, you're glue kind of a thing. Or no, yeah, yeah, I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you kind of a thing. It makes it bounce off. How? By predetermining that I am going to be kind no matter what the situation is, their efforts to annoy me have no effect. I want to read you a story, okay, that she speaks about in the book here illustration that she gives okay and this is not her but this is someone who did the study said i think about when i'm driving on the highway my job of course he says it sarcastically my job of course is to enforce the rules of the road on behalf of all civilized society okay and i agree with him this is the right way so when two lanes are merging into one and everyone has waited their turn for a half a mile and there's the inevitable jerk who speeds all the way up to the end and tries to squeeze in i'm so irritated I hope none of you guys are that jerk, by the way, <laughs> not kind. And there is some satisfaction in preventing him from doing that. Okay, you know that guy who, okay, you're basically saying he's that guy. But it doesn't make me feel any less stressed or on edge than I was before. And quite frankly, if I'm a jerk in response, it doesn't feel great. But if I decide in advance that I'm just not going to stand on my rights in that type of situation, and instead I'm going to react Kindly, something changes. The next time that event rolls around or whenever someone wrongs me, the stress or anxiety of it roll right off. I might still stand up for what's right, especially if it's on behalf of others, but being kind about it guarantees that I will be able to move beyond the initial anger and that incident quickly, as opposed to getting stuck and mulling over it. The bullet hit, but it bounced right off. Scripture says the same thing this way. Proverbs 25, 21. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head and the Lord will reward you. He can't get away with it. And she'd get away with it. and they didn't get away with it. Look, in the end, you know why I'm kind? Because I don't want the damage that comes from that emotional bullet. I don't want to stew all day about some jerk who merged in at the last second. Why don't I let him ruin the rest of my day? I not want to be miserable for the rest of my life because something my boss did. Like, I, why am I let give that person that power over me? You know how I see this personally? I sometimes I meet people in random places that are very much against God and even more so hate priests. And I met some of the rudest, rudest people. One time at a bus stop, I was waiting to get a rental car in Cleveland. I still remember like it was yesterday. A guy blew smoke in my face, okay? He blew his cigarette smoke in my face. Now, because he was much larger than me, I wasn't really tempted to do anything about it anyway. Okay, so I, I was very kind in response, okay? But my point is, I instantly felt for the guy and I said, you know what? This guy, like, like someone who's dressed like me probably hurt him in the past very, very, very much. You know how I responded when he did that to me? I said, I'm sorry. I apologized. Not for anything I did, but for someone who's dressed like me did to them or someone who claimed, you know, stood up here on a, on a podium did to them. And I apologize, and I and I remember what I said, but I apologized. And you know what happened when he when I did that? It's almost like he did this and he's expecting me to do this and he's gonna do this, he's gonna do this. And then when I say sorry, he's like, okay. Like it just kind of there goes the situation. Because you can't really get angry when someone says, Hey, I'm sorry. Kindness takes away the power, of anger, and irritation that makes you bulletproof second thing that kindness gives you, gives you x-ray vision. Okay. The kind of x-ray vision, we all want at x-ray vision when we were kids, right? Be able to see through stuff, see through walls. Seventh grade boys want a different kind of x-ray vision. Okay. But that's a, we won't talk, we're not talking about that kind of x-ray vision here today. I'm talking about the x-ray vision that doesn't see through walls, but sees through hearts and sees through minds. Have you ever wondered to yourself, in that difficult relationship, be honest, you know you have. What is so-and-so thinking? What could they be thinking? Why would they do this? Like, What's going on in their head? Kindness gives you the answer. Because through kindness, you're able to enter the head of the other person. And I'll be honest with you, the greatest benefit of this 30-day challenge will not be the change in the recipient. It'll be the change in you. Because through this 30 day challenge, which you will discover by forcing yourself to not think negative and to think positive, to not say negative but to say positive, what you will discover is you will discover a whole different perspective. You will truly see things from the, from the shoes of the other person whom you are trying to be kind towards. You will discover that maybe your boss isn't evil after all. Maybe your boss doesn't, you know, drink vampire's blood or the blood of little children, okay, at night and just. The scheme how he can make your life miserable. Maybe your boss is just under a severe amount of stress and pressure from his boss. You will discover that maybe your mother doesn't think every day, how can I insult her and demean her every single day and doesn't come up with creative ways to tell you how negative you are in every single day. Maybe your mother or mother-in-law or whatever it may be, maybe that person just feels a little bit insecure and that's how they respond maybe your children maybe they're not sons of the devil after all maybe they just feel lonely and maybe if they didn't feel as lonely they wouldn't behave that way got a nice quote right here from a philosopher named Philo of Alexandria he said be kind everyone you meet is fighting a great battle i guarantee you I guarantee the person drives you bonkers. And you're thinking is, I can't be kind to this person. If you try this 30 day challenge, you are kind to that person, unconditional kindness. You will discover life from their perspective. What you will see is they know their weaknesses. They know what they're doing wrong, but they can't do anything about it. It's not that they don't know they're doing wrong. See, that's what we think. So-and-so is rude. I need to tell them they're rude so they know. They know. They don't need you to be rude back to them and tell them how rude they are. What they need you to do is be kind to them and show them that you believe they can be different. And that gets us to our third superpower. Kindness melts walls. Kindness is like the the Superman where he could use his eyes to to shoot that laser beam and melt stuff. That's what kindness does. When a relationship has gone sour when there's tension in a relationship, every interaction becomes a brick in the wall that continues to build higher and higher between you and fill in the blank, your boss, your spouse, your kid, your mother, your brother, whatever it may be. Every time they criticize, that puts up a brick. Every time you respond this way, that's another brick. And it just gets higher and higher and higher. But kindness melts the wall away. Kindness, I love this verse, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. Look at the kindness of Jesus that melted a wall of hate, anger, murder. That for to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Meaning he was 100% innocent. You always say you're innocent. He really was innocent. He really did nothing. But who, when he was reviled, He did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he committed himself to him who judges righteously. You see, here's why I can say kindness is a superpower. You know why it's a superpower and it's a real superpower? Because it's the power of Jesus. It's the power that Christ had. It's the power that Christ had on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them. It's that power. And if we can take that power and apply it towards my wife, apply it towards my boss, apply it towards my neighbor, and I can apply that power in the relationship in my life, then truly it's a superpower. Not because it's like some hocus pocus magic, but it's a power of God in our life. And you know where the scripture says that love never fails? Okay, 1 Corinthians 13 says love never fails, love never fails, love never fails. Love is who God is. And when we take God and we start applying God in our life, I'm gonna take God in this relationship with this person at work, I'm just gonna throw God at him and I'm gonna throw God at him and God at him, not in a preaching way, but I'm gonna be God to him. I'm gonna be kindness to him and I'm gonna be kind. It never fails. It never fails because it's the power of God. Our way of fighting is eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Our way is tit for a tat, insult for an insult, Uh, revile for revile, suffer for threaten. That's our way. But the way of Christ was the exact opposite. Was you threatened? I'm kind. You hurt? I'm loving. You curse? I bless. And I'm telling you, when you harness this power in your life, get ready. Get ready. Because God's way never loses. You can fight your way, or you can fight God's way. I promise you, God's way never loses. One of my favorite verses. Romans chapter two, verse four. Depending on the translation of the scripture that you use, okay, the word goodness and kindness are used, okay, sometimes this way and sometimes that way. I like the New King James Version, so I'm gonna use that, but I like the word kindness, so I'm kind of a hybrid right here, but whatever. Just go with what I'm saying. Or do you despise the riches of his kindness, forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? Why is it that we're here in church today? because we're afraid of God, the wrath of God brought us here, the anger of God, the fear of God. The reason that I'm here and the reason that you're here is because of the kindness of God, which looked at me, unworthy as I am, and didn't judge me, and didn't condemn me, and didn't threaten me, and didn't deal with me as I deserve, but stretched out his hand and said, come here, son, I believe in you. Come with me and let's go do some cool stuff. And I said, Are talking to me? They don't deserve that kind of kindness. And you don't deserve that kind of kindness either. But the reason that we're here, the kindness of God melts hearts. The kindness of God, no matter what wall we put up, the kindness of God, when we see him on the cross and say, Father, forgive them. Who can stand in front of that kindness and say, it's the kindness that melts the walls. And I'm telling you, if you unleash that kindness in your life, in your relationships, Watch out. Because it'll do some damage there as well. We think that we will change the other person by powering up, by asserting myself, by, or even maybe in a slightly different way, in the passive aggressive, maybe the opposite, like pulling away, okay, and withdrawing and passive aggressiving towards the other person, and that'll change them, and that'll show them, and that's how I'll, I'm telling you, you can fight that way day and night. and some of you you don't need me to tell you this. This is the experience of your life. you've been doing it. you've been playing this game. What I'm saying is for 30 days, let's play a different game. Just 30 days, let's give it a try and let's see. And let's see if we can melt hearts and we can change relationships. And I truly, truly, truly believe that this thing has power. And I'll just tell you this, because some people, like some people are thinking like, okay, I'm going to do this with my spouse. Like if you are like and you, you and your spouse are struggling, this is the best thing that you can do. But to those who are not necessarily struggling with their spouse, don't just jump to say spouse because it's easy. Don't just jump to that. Like, like take this prayerfully and say maybe there's like a a, a a a sibling or a cousin or an uncle or a parent or 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 someone who I haven't talked with for so many years and I don't even want to open that door. Like maybe this is it. Maybe this is it for them. Your spouse will still be there when you come back. I'm not saying don't do it for your spouse. I'm just saying don't just lazily do it for your spouse, okay? Because I believe that there will be power, especially when we do it all together. That's the challenge. You have five things you need to do. I put it on your handouts also if you're using the app. The first one is the most important one. You need to decide, are you doing the 30-day kindness challenge? Are you doing it? Let's let's, let's, Let's go interactive right here. Raise your hand if you're going to do the 30-day kindness challenge. Very okay, good. I like and some people just are like, ah, you're stupid. You're going me do it in front of my <laughs> You just said it. You made, your, you, made, you made the promise. Are you doing the 30-day kindness challenge? You said yes. Okay, you can do four things after that. So you're already the first one. Number one, you're going to go to stsa.church kindness. You're going to sign up for the email list. And it's important. When you do that, it's going to ask you, when do you want to start? We're going to start on April 23rd. So not next, not tomorrow, a week from tomorrow. And the reason why, it's a 30 day challenge, you have all this week to do the other things to really pray and see who that person is Then we're gonna start together on Monday morning. That way we'll all receive similar emails together and we'll kind of go through it step by step and it'll go along with what I'll be preaching about on Sunday. So start date, 423. Three, identify your kindness target. Not two, not three, just one. Choose one person, Challenge yourself, don't just go easy, pray about it. Who God do you want me to use or choose? Number four, decide how you will record your actions or observations. Let me give you a a idea that she gives in the book, which I think would be really, really cool. One thing that she says, okay, you should have something where you can keep track of like, what did you do today? Like, what was your action of kindness? What negative thoughts, what pot, like you should record this stuff. One of the things that she says, Come up with a journal or some kind of notebook where every day you're going to write how you affirm that person and then give it to the person at the end of 30 days. I'm not saying necessarily to do it, but I'm saying like if you're going to do it with like a child, at the end of the 30 days, you give it to that child and let them see because children forget real quick. Put it there in writing and let them see what you really think of them. The positive you see, it can make a big difference. Figure out how you're going to do it. Do it on your phone. You're going to do it on a piece of paper. I'm analog, so I like paper, but whatever, it works for you. And then the last one is optional, but if you go to that same website, scsa.church kindness, you'll see like one of those fun little kindness assessments. Okay, and you're supposed to do, you can do it before and after to see. And what you'll see there is, you might be a little surprised you're not as kind as you think you are. It's just like a fun little three minute thing where it'll tell you like, you're the mother Teresa of kindness, or you're like, you know, whoever, I can't remember who it was. But anyway, that's your homework assignment. Those five things, right? You already did number one. But Last thing, last quote, and we're done. She says the following in her book. She remember, nothing changes if nothing changes. Kindness not only has the power to change the other person, it has the power to change you. I believe that the power of God raised Jesus from the dead. I believe that the power of God opened the eyes of the blind. I believe that the power of God splits the Red Sea and does whatever it wants. And I believe kindness is that power of God in our life. And when we take this power and we harness it and we apply the power of God in a relationship, it can bring dead relationships back to life. It can break down walls that have been built up over years, over decades. It can do truly the impossible. And I'm excited for this challenge and I hope you are as well. Come back next Sunday, ready to go, and we will begin talking about the first of our of our, channel, of our commitments, and we'll go from there. Let's stand together for a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and God, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your kindness towards us, which truly is more than we can ask for, more than we can imagine. Help us, Lord, to show that same kindness towards someone else during these 30 days. Lord, put in our hearts who you want us to, to, to be the recipient of our kindness, Let us not take the easy road, Lord, but let us choose the person that you want and give us like the toughness to be able to do this, especially when it gets hard. Pray this in the name of your Son, prayers of all your saints. Dear Lord, as we pray thankfully, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Christ Jesus, our Lord, for is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.